Well, amen and praise the Lord. Put your hands together. He is worthy of our praise this morning. He has invited us to this feast today, and we want to enjoy it with him. Father, we thank you for your presence. Now, Holy Spirit, wrap yourself around us and then bring us into a real reality of who Jesus truly is. And we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Say amen before you're seated. Amen. You may be seated. When I'm 80 years old, I'm going to still run up those stairs like that. I, 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 the Lord's going to bless me with that energy. Will you get in agreement with me this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's been our, we've been on a series of the Holy Spirit, and my heart's desire is that you would truly understand the magnificence, the glorious gift that the Holy Spirit is to us. And from that, by understanding Him more clearly and fully, that we can have him more a part of our lives. Can I hear an amen to that also this morning? This morning I want to speak to you about the Holy Spirit, my eternal life coach, my best friend. That is the Holy Spirit. More than anything, he wants to develop you and, to, and transform you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that, the, uh, that when we look at it, the Father designed us. Jesus' blood saved us. And the Holy Spirit trains, equips, and empowers us for kingdom service. He is the instrument. If you want to put it this way, he could say he, the Father, is the executive, the, uh, the Son is the architect, and the Holy Spirit is a contractor to build you to become the person that he desires for you to be, and that's a reflection of the Son. But you know the most wonderful thing about it, they all love us the same the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the essence of love that makes up their very being that is consistently being poured out to us. The Holy Spirit loves you just as the Father and the Son. Well, we've talked about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and today I want to be a teaching, not so much a preaching. I'd rather preach than teach, but I feel like we need to teach in order that we can preach. You can't preach unless you have a foundation to, to preach upon. So the teaching this morning, we've talked about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, and today I want to talk about the personality of the Holy Spirit. When we think of personality, we think, what is the word personality? It's the distinctiveness that comes to make you who you are. You are a person of your own identity. You have your own authenticity. You are the one that that uh, God created just like your fingerprints. All of our fingerprints are different from each other. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. He has created us. A, a, another word that I like for the word personality is image. We are an image of something or someone else that is on the inside of us. That's where you remember in Matthew twenty two twenty, where Jesus called forth, they said, should we render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. How should we pay our taxes? And Jesus said, bring me a coin. And on it he said, whose image do you see? And they said, Caesar's. He said, therefore render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, but unto him, unto the Lord, 
that which is his. So this morning, I want to know if you got an image on the inside of you this day. If sometimes I look at you and I get a God image, I know that the Holy Spirit's doing a work in you and in me. He is truly committed to the work that he has of transforming. As a matter of fact, when you think about image, you think about the word we call him Holy Spirit. Now the word holy we know means set apart, but it means that he has the image of holiness, which is purity. Purity and righteousness is holiness, and it's something we can't earn, but it's something we receive through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. When I look at the Holy Spirit, I have to look, if I want to look at his personality, what are his attributes? Who is he and what comes out of him? And that is when I look at the scripture in Galatians 5, I see the scripture there that says, For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. And then it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Can I hear an amen this morning? You know, the Spirit is not distanced from you. He is within you, and as we walk with Him, we become what He desires for us to become. So it is in us, the image is being shaped, it's being formed, and that image is what we're going to be talking about. It. You know, in looking at reading so much about the Holy Spirit, and I've just read the Scriptures over and over to, to let he, the Spirit talk to me, but as I do, I don't hear the Spirit speaking in first person very much. He's always second or third person. He's always pointing to the Son or to the Father. The Father speaks, the Son speaks, but the Holy Spirit is there to lift them up that we may know them in their fullness. Now, when I look at those are the attributes, but when I look at the Scripture of the names of the Holy Spirit, he's, as I said, the word definition is breath of God. That's awesome, isn't it? The very breath of God. When God breathes in you the Holy Spirit, He dwells in you forever and ever in eternity. Oh, you ought to get excited about that one. Come on, that the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you. He's not going to finish His work. He's going to complete that which He started in you. But He's also known as Holy Spirit. He's known as Holy Ghost. He's known as the Spirit of God. This is the way he's defined in the Scripture. The Scripture, the Spirit of Christ. And Jesus called him a comforter because Jesus said, I go away, but I'm sending another. When I'm gone physically, you're going to have my presence here through the Holy Spirit because he's going to direct you and teach you in all of my ways. Amen. And then we know that he is called the Holy Spirit of truth. Jesus said, what? I am the way the truth and the life. So the Holy Spirit is, brings you the truth. He wants you to know all truth. Go in there in a minute. And then he leads you in all truth, shows you, and he's described as shows you everything to come. Hello? <laughs> okay. John 16, 13, 14, 15, he says, yeah, just, just listen to these, uh, to these words right here. And uh, it says in verses, starting with verses uh, 20, let me go back up to, where am I, John 16, 13. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, listen, church, to what he's going to do for us. 
He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He says, lastly, all things that the Father has are mine, therefore I speak that he will take of mine and declare it for you. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the Spirit is listening to the Father and to the Son. And when you pray to the Son, the Son instructs the Holy Spirit how to complete that which you prayed for. The, the Jesus through the righteousness of Christ and the blood of Jesus, you receive the salvation and righteousness and the forgiveness of your sin. But from that point on, the Holy Spirit is instructed by the Father and the Son of how to develop that greatness in you so that you will become all that He desires for you. And listen, church, Every bit of the truth is in you because the Holy Spirit is in you and the revelation of all the things to come and all the things that are are in you and so the Holy Spirit is working to bring it out of you. That's why you have to die daily. Take up your cross every day and submit yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit and to the righteousness of Christ. And when you submit yourself, it allows Him to build you up and strengthen you to become all that He wants you to be. That is grace, church. He brings grace into your life. Everything that you would need to become all that God intended for you to become and to do all that God intended you to do. Come on, give Him praise, church. Come on and praise Him this morning. You know he's worthy of your praise this morning and mine. And so we begin to see what happens is that fruit of the Spirit begins to come out of you. You can't help it. You become gentle, kindness, joy, peace, overcoming, long-suffering, faith and temperance all become a part of your walk. And you begin to walk it out and you look around and say, hmm, I didn't know that could happen to me. That's wonderful. I didn't know I could be such a fine person. I didn't know I could have so much patience. I didn't know I could have so much goodness and gentleness and and joy in my life. Where does it come from? I don't know, but I sure do like it. It's a transforming life of the believer who's received and understands the Holy Spirit understands how great he is, how wonderful he is, what a gift he is to us. When Jesus went up to be with the Father and is seated on the right hand of the Father, he was not willing to leave us abandoned. He said, I'll send my Spirit and he will teach you all truth. Not some of the truth. It's not a little bit. He doesn't want to withhold one thing in your life. He wants everything that's possible to come in your life. All things are possible for those who believe. And so the Holy Spirit is guiding us into all truth. He's called the Spirit of grace. He's called the Spirit of of adoption. He's called the Spirit of holiness. He's called the Spirit of life. He brings all things to remembrance in Ephesians 4, 3, and 16. Right there it says that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might 
with his spirit in the inner man. Come on, church, let's get real today. It's your day to rise up and be strong today. It's greatness coming up in you today. The fullness of who God is is going to rise up in you today, and you're going to find that you've got reserved strength that you didn't know you had. When you get to that place where I don't know how I'm going to make it, I'm down at the bottom of the pit. How can I get up from there and just grab hold of that Holy Spirit and let him pull you right on up out of that pit of today? He's willing and able to do everything if we will just understand and submit to him. So he's all of those things. And then he's referred to not only in the names, but also he has symbols which represent him. He's called fire, water, oil, wind, dove. Whoo. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 22, it says there that he is also called the seal. You see, when the also has sealed us and given us a spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Listen, aren't you glad today that you don't depend on your own goodness and mercy to get you to the other place? Aren't you glad today that it's not how much you can do, but how much you allow him to do through you? You can't do enough and I can't do enough, but I can submit more and more and to let the fullness of who he is. And he seals me. Come on. He seals me. That means I don't care if the devil brings his best shot against me. He's not going to unseal me. Nothing's going to unseal me from the goodness. Nothing's going to break the harness on my heart. Nothing's going to destroy the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I am sealed. I am determined. I have been set on a path, and I'm going all the way. I don't know about you, but let's go all the way. Come on, church. Hallelujah. He's oil. He's water. He's wind. He's dove, and he's a seal. But then when I want to, I just want to get you to get the fullness of who he is, the magnificence of the Holy Spirit. There's no one like him. Nothing like him. Nothing like He's magnificent. He is the giver of gifts. We believe in activating the church in the gifts. How can we do that? We couldn't do that without the Holy Spirit. We couldn't make up enough words and we couldn't, we couldn't encourage you enough and we couldn't inspire you enough. We couldn't train you enough. But he is the master trainer. And when we open the way for him and say, this is the way the Holy Spirit does, you find out you can hear God and you can prophesy the word of God accurately. You find out that you have hands that are made for healing. You find out that you've got a heart that's tender towards those with compassion. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is doing it through you. He is the great giver. He is all. It says in Romans that he teaches us the gift of exhortation. He teaches us the gift of prophecy. He even teaches us the gift of perseverance. When you run out of gas, he's got more gas for you. <laughs> you're not out of gas. You're just out of your own gas. Come on, church. He is the supplier of all that we need. And he is the one who teaches you about righteous living. In Corinthians, he says, we understand that there is one body and there's one, one spirit that teaches us and leads us in all things. He teaches the gift of faith, how to believe when our, when our natural knowledge is run out. He gives us a word of knowledge. So that we can understand the things we don't understand or we can expose things that we don't understand. He gives us a gift of wisdom. He gives us a gift of miracles. He's a giver. He's a discerning of spirits and the giver of tongues. I tell you what, 
he's somebody worth getting to know. <laughs> he's not only my best friend, I'm telling you what, he can't pry me off. <laughs> He can't run me off. He can't kick me off. I'm saying, uh uh, you're not going. Where you where you go, I'm going. That's where you going, I am in your path. I'm like Moses, you you can you can take that angel and they can take him to the promised land, but I'm staying wherever you are, God, and wherever you are. Well, Holy Spirit, wherever you are, that's where I want to be. Because you know it all, teach it all, and declare it all. And I want to be a part of that. Oh, he's mighty powerful. He's magnificent. He is absolutely magnificent. Now, I want to explain this so that you get it real clear. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, he comes into your heart. He is there. But then you are created at that moment. Everything that is in the Godhead is imparted to you through Jesus the Son. But then Jesus, Holy Spirit, begins to do a work in you and everything he does is to transform you into the likeness of the Son. That is his job. The more and more you submit to Jesus, the more and more the Holy Spirit can guide you and direct you to becoming like Jesus. The more and more you admire Jesus and worship him and become a servant of him, the more and more latitude the Holy Spirit has to bring in you and to fulfill all that is within you. Everything you'll ever need is in you, but the Holy Spirit is the one that brings it out of you. That's why when we worship him, we open up our capacity to, for him to teach us more about worship. When we praise him, he opens us up that he can teach us more about praise. When we become the fruit of the Spirit, becomes more alive in it, the greater he can pour into it. You want to know why we don't reach greatness? Because we don't open up our heart into the Holy Spirit. He's willing, wanting, and desiring to bring everything to pass that God has promised to you. He builds every promise. He builds every promise in us. He wants every promise to be manifested. He doesn't want anything about God or the Son that's not declared, and it is manifested. Holy Spirit. He's magnificent. And his job, as I preached before in the other part of the series, is to glorify Christ. And when you glorify Christ, the Holy Spirit gets all excited and he says, Whoa, hey, I got some territory now. I got some material I can use. I got some good, good material here that I can develop. And it's going to shine like the sun. You're going to shine just like Jesus wants you to shine. Come on and shine with me this morning. <laughs> well, the personality, but not everything in the Bible teaches us teaches us that the Holy Spirit cannot be resisted. There's such a thing as a resistance of the Holy Spirit. The enemy is that's his favorite place to attack you is to come against you and to, de and to destroy that gift that's within you, that Holy Spirit gift. He's trying always to get between you and the gift or the understanding of the gift. So the greatest sin the Bible teaches us is pride. It began with Satan or Lucifer, as it were. And the greatest virtue the Bible teaches us is humility. 
So you've got the virtue over here of humility and the sin of pride. And that's where the conflict that happens every day. That's when Paul said our, our warfare is not here on earth, it's in heavenly places. And it's because that is the constant battle that you're fighting between it's all about me or all about him. All right, let me show you the scripture, Matthew 23, 11, and 12. Wrong scripture. Matthew 23, 11, and 12. Let me read that to you. It's very clear here. It says, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever exalts himself will be humble. That's one way to get you to listen, isn't it? <laughs> but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, what kind of humbling you want to go through? <laughs> you want to be humble or you want to humble yourself? I believe I'd rather humble myself. I, I don't like going through the knot hole backwards. How about you? <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's hard to get our attention. It's like the Quaker man. He was, had a working with his mule. His mule wouldn't do anything he wanted him to do. And he looked at the mule and he said, Mule, you know because thou my religion, I cannot beat you. I cannot even curse you. I cannot say vile things against you. I cannot do anything against you, mule, mule but I can sell you to an Episcopalian. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, we just get like a mule and he just can't get our attention, but he, he can let us go and do our own damage, you know. And the greatest fear I have is the Holy Spirit. Not that he will leave me, he sealed me, but that he, I won't get his grace, that I won't get that anointing. That's what David said. I don't care about anything else. Take it all I got, but don't take your anointing away from me. Don't take your presence from me. I used to read that scripture as a deer panteth for the water, so my soul thirsteth after thee. And I used to say, how could that be? I understand it now. I, I got it real good. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about this morning. You understand. So we're talking about the virtue and the, and the sin of uh, being in conflict. But the Holy Spirit's job is to teach us how to know the Christ. See, Paul, like I said, he got it. He said, I not only want to intellectually know it, I want to experience it so I can feel it, so I can sense it, so I can make it reality in my life. If we understand and, and, and study the life of Christ, that releases the Holy Spirit to edify, comfort, and exhort us and to build us up into those areas. That's a beautiful verse. I love it in the Bible. It's Romans 5, 5 that said, the, blood, the love of Jesus is spread abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's working in your heart all the time. The heart is where you ask Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart, right? And then from then on, it's the Holy Spirit, as it says in, in, um, 
in Hebrews 12, 11, and 12 where it talks about the spirit of God and the soul are constantly being brought together. You see, he's transforming your mind. He's renewing your soul. He's enriching your soul with the precious treasure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And your mind and your soul become so together, so fused together, so completely together that you're walking and talking the Holy Spirit all the time. You're walking and talking Jesus Christ all the time. It's a habit. He becomes a habit to you. And as you walk it out, you get to the place where I might do it out of obedience. It's like giving. It's like worship. It's like praise. It's like everything. I do it out of obedience because I know that I should. And God said I should, therefore I should. I'm not sure how and why I should. And then as you begin to do it out of obedience, you begin to see the benefits coming in. You begin to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then after a while, you begin to think, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. And you begin to walk it out. And then you get to that place, man, I don't want to be without it, you know. It's better than ice cream. Come on. <laughs> it's good. It's a good thing, and after a while, even one moment without the presence of the Lord is not good. So that's his job. The Lord has spread his heart abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, it talks about there that any, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws you. Jesus comes into you. And from that point on, it's the Jesus directing the Spirit, the Father directing the Spirit to fulfill all it is in your life. When I pray to Jesus, forgive me of my sins, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, he does it, and then he, now the Holy Spirit has liberty to build up that image in you of the Christ. And so there comes a place when it tells us in the Bible that we call it the unpardonable sin, and it is called blasphemy. And in Matthew 12, it talks about there, 31, 32, Therefore I say to you, every sin... And blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. The unpardonable sin. The sin where I not only reject the Holy Spirit, but the distinction here is that when you pur purposely come against Jesus and purposely aggressively renounce and come against and curse him. Why? Because you've just separated you, you see from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's all about the Son and when you're not about the Son you separated yourself from the Holy Spirit and when he pulls away there is no coming back if you stand up and declare that God is not God and Jesus is not his Son and there is, now he says if you do it out of ignorance and are in the process of becoming that's where he says there that you're in the position of being drawn back. If you speak against the Son of Man, in other words, about him, but you know him. When you know who he is and you defy him, 
And this came out of the time when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. And they were not only rejecting Jesus as the Son of God, they were rejecting and calling what he did demonic. They hated Jesus. It was demonic that they said he is. They were calling good evil and evil good. And the Holy Spirit says, I cannot embrace that. I cannot forgive you for that because you have chosen to separate me from the works. I'll never forget when I was in college, I had a fraternity brother and he was known to be somewhat of a drinker. And uh, I didn't know him very well, but I knew, watched him. And I remember one night, he got up on top of the house, fraternity house, right on the very top, without a stitch of clothes on. And he stood up there in his state of mind and he says, I curse you, God. I curse you, Jesus. I curse all of that. And he stood there and riled and railed for about I don't know how long. And I've never forgotten that because I knew that he had made a conscious decision to run off the Holy Spirit. He had blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have a drawing of the Holy Spirit, you have not blasphemed him. If he's still wooing you and you know him and are committed to him, I don't care what's happened in your past. You are with the Holy Spirit. You are one with the Holy Spirit. You are one with Christ. You have not, uh, you have not done the unpardonable sin. So lay that one down, will you, right now? That is not. I, sometimes people come and say, I think I have. I said, do you know the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yeah. Do you know Jesus? Yes, you ain't got no problem. <laughs> you are in good shape. Because he will continue to woo you unless you purposely reject him. Amen. It's not an unconscious thing. It's a very conscious thing. It was, came out of, like say, the religious leaders, the hard-hearted, filled with wrath, continued to give insults and they rejected the Holy Spirit. It blocks him. It's kind of like the old expression, you know, you crawl out on the limb and sew the limb off behind you. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's like. You go out there and you just saw off the limb. You're hurting yourself. Okay, you can blaspheme, but that's not this church body right here. So let's go on to what is the other, the grieving the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 and 30 talks about it here. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Oh, my Jesus, grieving the Holy Spirit. And when you, you know what that is? What grieves the Holy Spirit when you know the Christ and have received his mercy and yet you don't change your way of living? Amen. Lasciviousness, greediness, lying, giving place to the devil, to, to, to know better but to do it. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is your conscience. No one knows more than you when you're being disobedient. Can I hear an amen this morning? Can I see your hands raised this morning? You know when you've grieved the Holy Spirit. I know when I've done something that's not. And after a while, even your conscience becomes so sensitive that you don't even want to think thoughts that are not honoring to the Holy Spirit. And so he's constantly working with you to cause you to more, be more sensitive to the Son and to him. But when you choose not to, it grieves him. 
like I say, as a father or a mother, we know what it is when our children grieve us. We grieve for them. We desire for them to become and to know who they are and to walk in the fullness of who they've intended to be. And so that is what grieves the Holy Spirit is when he knows. And he, he followed that up and Paul said, be ye, after he said all that, he said, just what? Why do you come over this? Paul said, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And he says, that's the kind of spirit that you need. So we're talking about the things that hurt the relationship with the Holy Spirit from the total annihilation through the blasphemy to the grieving. And then he finally says, and um, quench not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 5, do not quench the Holy Spirit. How do you quench the Holy Spirit? When you don't open yourself up for all that he has to teach you and to become all that he has. That's probably the greatest holdback of the church today and the power of the church. We, agree, we, 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 don't, we quench the Holy Spirit. We don't want his gifts. We don't want to do what he tells us we need to do. We, we are able, when, listen, everybody in the church ought to be prophesying. I mean the body of Christ, not the life center. The whole body of Christ. We should all be laying hands on the sick and watch them recover. We should all be operating in the gifts. But when we choose not to, we then quench the Holy Spirit. We limit him. We put him in a box. We identify him and say, that's the kind of spirit you are. You don't go outside of the box. This is my doctrine and you stay in my doctrine. Oh, come on church and help me this morning. You know what I'm talking about. I came from that place. We were in a religious church. It was so, you know, it was so filled with, with uh, works and, and, and laws and so forth. And that's what the Holy Spirit, while ago when he says, let me say, when I was reading to you a while ago, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, temperance, and faith, and long-suffering. When he was talking about that, he, the next verse was, of which there is no law. In other words, the law can't produce that. You, can't, you can try to work in the law and it won't have that same effect of it. You'll just learn to manipulate the law. You'll learn ways to work around it. And that's when Jesus came. They had learned more ways to work around the law than they did in keeping the law. They, they would do everything that they could to figure out how to work around the law. If it said two witnesses have to be there for an adultery, they'd go find them two witnesses. They would do whatever it took to get through the law. But let me tell you what, when you take on the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, nothing in the law can come touch that. And that's why Jesus came. He came to complete the law. He came to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law that we may walk in the presence and, the very, and present the presence of the Christ himself. So you can, you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can, you can grieve the Holy Spirit, and it's a change. You remember, there's a, there's a, it talks about, I, I always caught my attention in Acts 8, 18, 19, and right in there, it talks about Simon the sorcerer, and Simon was one that could do anything in the miracles, in the power of, of, the, wrong, of the wrong source. And then he got saved. He saw what it was, but he only got what we call half saved. What I mean by that, he didn't understand it. He, he went through the formula. <laughs> that, that's just getting you shot. <laughs> 
you're about to get immune systems about to grow. And so they looked at him and he saw, man, he said, look at what they're doing. They call out this Holy Spirit and people, ooh, miracles happen. Eyes open, blind eyes, lame walk. I mean, this is fantastic. So he went to those and he said, uh, I'd like to buy that. How much you want for that Holy Spirit? And by this time, Peter and John had come down and to help out, and they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't buy him, and if you think you can, that's a curse. Poor man, I kind of felt sorry for him in one way because he was ignorant, and he said, well, hey, I didn't know. Hey, come on, wait a minute, back up. And they said, no, we're going to pray that God will take that iniquity out of your heart and forgive you and replace it with the Holy Spirit. You see, the word iniquity means a bent, a desire towards sinning. And he had a desire that was so deep in him toward doing it manipulatively, doing it his way. And he was just doing it the worldly way. And, and what Peter was saying is this, the Holy Spirit's got to draw out that place. Anybody else in here besides me that God's had to do that for? Anybody? Can I see anybody that'll help me and agree with that? That I'd rather do it my way than God's way? But didn't you learn it's much easier? Had breakfast with one of our former members that moved to Texas this last week. And he said, you know, I finally got something from you. I said, what is that? He said, God can do more in five minutes than I can in a lifetime. I said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You, you got the message. Okay. Quench not, grieve not, and I say blaspheme not, blaspheme not. You can't deny any part. That's why that the life center, one day God's going to release to the, the body at large what he's brought us together. And I commend you for staying faithful to that which you have been commissioned. And that is, if it's in the Bible and Jesus did it, we need to do it. He said, do all of these things and greater things shall you do than it. And if, if Jesus did it and he said to do it, we believe we should do it. Whether it's prophesying, do miracles, laying hands on the sick and casting out demons. You know, I, I tried, I liked being a Baptist better. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was simpler. I'll never forget when we were doing all this prophecy stuff, you know. You don't know how far God had to bring me. I mean, come on, I had a long way to come. I had to re-renew my mind totally. And so I know that, you know, thank goodness Dr. Mary didn't give up. Man, she was, she was, she was focused. Yeah, let's praise God for her because she's a gift. She would put up with me and all my stuff, you know, and all my Baptist stuff. And I'm not criticizing the Baptists. I'm talking about that's just a way to identify the way I believed at that time. But, you know, I was just so stuck on doing it a certain way. And she kept prizing my mind and helping me renew my mind. And so they were kind of sneaky about it. <laughs> and I said, uh, they said, we're going up to North Carolina. I said, why? I knew something was up. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I said, what are we going to do when we get there? She says, oh, you'll like it. That's really not a good sign. 
And sure enough, I knew something was up. And we got up to North Carolina, and we were in the 100 yards of a big, great, big metal building. And I could hear it. Now, I mean, there was noise and everything going on. I thought, oh, my goodness. We've driven five hours. Now what am I going to do, you know? So sure enough, we went in, and it was a huge deliverance session going on. I mean, I'm talking, listen, I'm talking buckets and towels. I'm not talking about that lightweight stuff. I mean, everybody run around with buckets, you know, and everybody. And I said to myself, you know, I've come this way. I'm going to dive in. <laughs> I'm going to get with it. I, I'm not going to miss anything that Jesus has. I want it all. I want everything you got, Jesus. I want it all, Holy Spirit. Bring it all to me. I don't deny me anything. I want it all. And sure enough, they didn't have to get a bucket, but they got the towels. And I mean, they, they called out everything from, you know, you can imagine that I didn't even know existed in me, but it came out. And I'm, I'm thankful today. And I praise God for that. And I'm saying, let's don't grieve the Holy Spirit, church. Let's embrace it all. Let's take it all that Jesus had. So how do we engage with the Holy Spirit? You just have to know him as your best friend, as your life coach. Know that everything he has brought to us, he did it for a purpose and for a time. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You are the temple. Your body is the temple. That is the purpose for your body is to carry around your soul and your spirit so that you are a full manifestation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When I look at the Holy Spirit and I look at the lives of men and I can look at things and I know that the Holy Spirit, it says, is restoring all things back. And when he has done his job of restoring all things through us, then Jesus will come and set up his kingdom on earth. But in the meantime, I look at people and I know how did somebody ever have the courage of a Martin Luther knowing that when he took the stand that he did, that it was going to cost him his life. How do I know how anybody like Martin Luther King could dedicate himself to the, to the life of others knowing that it was going to cost him his life? How could you do that? You couldn't do that. Or Apostle Paul who had it all together, had wealth and reputation and everything and lay it all down and call it this it doesn't matter all matters now is Jesus Christ and him crucified and risen again how could Peter the man who was ignorant that couldn't understand the doctrines of the Christianity and the fullness but could get up and preach and 3,000 people raise their hands and accept the Lord Jesus Christ how could they do that one way Holy Spirit only the Holy Spirit can do that let's stand to your feet this morning Oh, Holy Spirit, come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, come, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning. Enlighten us. Inspire us. Encourage us. Equip us. Make us ready. Cause us to be on call at times. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence this morning with us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for, for filling us with the presence of Christ and encouraging us. The Holy Spirit had told me this morning, 
if you're willing this morning, that I can release a freshness in you of himself. It is not I, I am just an instrument this morning. But he so desires to build you up and to strengthen you that he said, if you will just pray over the people this morning and if they will receive it, they'll feel a freshness of my presence. Do I hear an amen this morning? Can I hear an amen? Can I, can I get agreement this morning? Can I get agreement this morning, church? Come on. Come on, let's, let's give the Holy Spirit a hand this morning. Come on and praise. Praise the Lord Jesus, the Father and the Son, the triune, magnificent Father in God and Spirit. Mm. So I want to pray over you, and I want to release this presence of the Holy Spirit. I was... I, I really felt like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay spiritual hands on you this morning. I truly wanted to just lay hands on everybody to release a new freshness of his spirit, to touch you this morning with his presence, to let his spirit touch you this morning and just encourage you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <clears throat> now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as the Son has caused us to be righteous and the Father has designed a prototype for our lives. Come Holy Spirit, energize us this morning. Captivate us this morning. Encourage us this day. Cause our hearts to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to you but to the Son. Help us, Holy Spirit, to come into the full image of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Empower us to be overcomers, that greater is he that is in us than he than in the world. Let us know your power and presence today and come and lay over us your presence today. Come, Holy Spirit, refresh Encourage, inspire, teach, comfort, direct, guide in every way. And forgive us, Father, where we've allowed the enemy to lie to us. Forgive us, Son, where we've allowed your magnificence not to be honored. But come, Holy Spirit, and teach us how today, because only you know all things and lead us into all truth. We declare today that we will rise up and be men and women of God, that the world will know that we've been here and that you've been able to work through us to complete the work that you desire to do. We honor you today, Holy Spirit. We honor you today. And we honor the Lord Jesus Christ who made it all possible because it's in his name we pray. And every saint in the house say amen. amen. Will you celebrate him one more time? Would you do that? Come on, church. Celebrate him this morning.